Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. You know, I, I want to talk to you today about new seasons. I want to talk to you today about moving forward. We are launching this series of messages simply entitled Forward. And you know, it, it, there's, there's a sort of a tension associated that surrounds these types of messages this time of the year. And the tension comes from not that we don't want to move forward, not that we don't want to be challenged to break the status quo and move ahead because for the most part, our hearts thrill at the idea of going deeper in Christ, of moving ahead towards our goals and moving closer to our destiny. We get all that. We understand that. But where the tension comes to play is that 2019 is not the first time that we've ever trusted God for greater things. You see... Something happens about this time of year, it, it's considered, I guess, the perfect time to start anew. The calendar turns a page out with the old, in with the new, and, and we just know that we're going to grab the world by the tail on a downhill pull, and we're going to have everything going our way, and before we know it, just a few days in, we've already messed up. I mean, it's January 6th, some of you have already blown your diets to smithereens, some of you have already infracted that wonderful budget that you spent weeks and hours putting into spreadsheets. I, I understand that. Some of you have already missed a day in your, in your daily Bible reader that you got out at the first of the year and said, hey, I'm going to read my word through all the way this year. Some of you have already missed a day. You've already balled the thing up and threw it in the trash. You're, you're just done with it. Why? Because I saw this thing on, on social media the other day. It was floating around. It was like it was New Year's Day. And this thing came across and it said, well, it's 30 minutes in and I've already blown it. But 2020 is going to be my year. <laughs> right? And, and, and the reason that we often don't see forward progress in our lives is because that very sentiment becomes our mode of operation for our lives. We've got to wait for the perfect time and the perfect moment and the perfect place when everything lines up, and then we'll start something new, and then we'll set a new goal, then we'll have a new objective, and we'll go towards that, but when we fail and when we falter, we stop there and we have to wait all the way to the new year again for the perfect storm to be created to launch us into that new thing. Well, I, my prayer over these next five weeks as you hear these messages is that you'd be so moved that you would understand this is not just a series of New Year's messages, but rather it is a biblical guideline for living that you can implement every day of your life until you have seen the full purpose of God come to fruition for you. How many of you are hungry for that? How many of you want to see God un, un, unrolling and rolling out new things in your life this year, this week, this month? You're believing God for new things. Well, I want to give you a few guidelines here from the Gospel of John this morning. And as I said, if you have your Bible there in John chapter 5, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. And it's maybe an unlikely text here for the subject matter. But I believe the Lord has given me some, some points here this morning. I want to share those with you 
The word begins and says, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches, and in these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time, mark that, a certain time, into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, there are any number of things that we can focus on here in this text. We could talk about the validity or the factuality that there may, may or may not have actually been an angel that stirred the waters and whether or not that was just folklore or whether it was something that really happened. We could really focus on the fact that Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath and all of the ramifications of that. But our focus today is not going to be on these peripheral issues, but we're going to refine our focus and we're going to look directly at the exchange between Jesus and this lame man. And the basic question that Jesus comes and poses to this lame man, he asks him here in the text, do you want to be made well? But understand this was a condition and this was a position in which this man had been for 38 years. So basically what Jesus is approaching this man and saying in the context of things is are you ready to leave behind what's been holding you back in your life and are you ready for today, this very moment, to be the day that you move forward? That's what Jesus is really asking here. Do you want to go forward? Situation and circumstance has held you back, but are you ready to go forward? Things have been the way they are for so long that complacency and apathy have begun to set in, and you accepted that the way things are now are the way things always will be, and, and the deck is stacked against you, and good fortune will never shine on you. But Jesus said to this man, today is the day of change. This is your moment. This is your year. This is your season. I'm talking to somebody in this house this morning. I'm telling you that today is your day. This is your season. You're getting ready to enter into the season of blessing over your life. You're getting ready to see a season of abundance open up over your home, over your household. Come on, somebody. Today is the day that we're going forward. Jesus says this is your year to become unstuck, your year to advance, your year to prosper, your year to shake off the baggage of a bad season. Who's ready to go forward with me this morning? All right. We'll write this down. 
in order to move forward, you need to recognize that you have what you need. You need to recognize that you have what you need. Here sits a man for 38 years. He's unable to move. He's unable to function in his full capacity as a human being. Not only is he unable to function in his full capacity, he's unable to accomplish the basic function of mobility. He can't walk. Now I want you to notice what's missing here from this text. John doesn't say that this man was lying here because he was suffering from some sort of dismemberment. He doesn't say that he was suffering from some sort of disfigurement in his legs that kept him from walking. According to this text, he had all the appendages necessary to walk. He just lacked the strength and the ability to stand up and walk. It was all there. What he needed was simply for the Lord to touch and to anoint and to empower what he already had. Now this has been the story for so many upon whom the Lord is called. They've got everything they need. They, they have what they need. They just lack the strength to move forward in their calling. They simply need the Lord to awaken their ability and utilize what he's already given them to see greater things happen in their lives. I'm talking to somebody right now that every time opportunity has knocked at your door, you have discounted and discredited yourself. I'm talking to somebody right now that every time the Lord has called on you, you've had a list of suggested other people who may be better suited for the part than you are. And you've been dismissive of yourself. I want you to understand today that you have what you need. You have what you need. You're not inferior. You're not poorly equipped. That school you graduated from was just fine. Maybe the place that you're from is not the greatest place in the world. Maybe you're from the wrong side of the tracks. Maybe your family doesn't have the greatest reputation in town. But I want to tell you, that doesn't have to hold you back. God has great things in store for your life. You are smart enough. You do possess the aptitude, the skill, the talent, whatever's needed. And you might say, some of you might say right now, well, Pastor, I don't like the way this is going. The Word says lean not under our own understanding. I'm not asking you to lean on your own understanding. I'm not here preaching a word of self-reliance this morning by any means, but I'm just trying to echo the words of the psalmist that said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you need to quit discrediting and discounting God's creation and God's formation in your life. I have the misfortune sometimes of watching myself back on video. <laughs> and as I'm doing that, I can see so many things wrong with this scenario. I have a flat country draw. I, I mean, my voice is hideous. But I can't help that. I am who he has created me to be. And I'm not boasting here this morning, but I'm telling you, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. This man had everything that he needed physically in order to walk. He just needed the anointing and the favor of God to be applied to what he had. 
Let me tell you, you got the talent. You got it, kid. You can make it. You can do it. You just need to rely on the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost to touch God's creation in your life and awaken it and bring strength and vitality to it and move you forward. You see, you see the Lord birthed that dream in your heart for greater things in your life because he knew that you were the one whom he created with the skills and the talents upon which his anointing could rest to make it happen. You see, we're often paralyzed because we don't think we've got what it takes. Too many times we're like the widow with the oil from the Old Testament. You remember her? She was stuck in life. Her husband had died. She was behind on her bills. The creditors were coming to take her sons. And she reached out to Elisha for help. And Elisha said to her, what do you have? And she replied to him, I don't have anything except for this little bottle of oil. Now, I want you to understand something. You might read that and say that this woman's just holding out hope. I don't think this woman is holding out hope. I think she points to that little bottle of oil simply to underscore the severity of her situation and the depth of her lack and say, this is all I've got. But praise God, the man of God said to her, well, bless God, if that's all you've got, then I'm here to tell you that's all you need, honey. God has given you what you need for this moment. And he prayed and it was blessed and it was anointed and it multiplied. Don't be dismissive of your gift. Don't dismiss your talents and skills. Ask God to anoint it and use it and move you forward. I want you to look at somebody right now and tell them, I got what it takes. I got what it takes. The second thing I want you to look at with me here, write this down. We got to stop making excuses. Ow. Ooh. mm, That hurt for me just to say it. I know it felt bad to hear, but we got to stop making excuses. This, you know, this is one of the most interesting parts of this narrative, apart from the actual healing. Yeah, don't you love it when you ask somebody a question? It's a simple question. It's yes or it's no. And you ask them that question, and they ramble off on a tirade and tell you all manner of other things and never do directly answer your question. You remember when your kids were little and they'd get in a mess And they'd make a mess. And you'd walk in the room and you'd say, did you do this? They never said yes. They never said no. They said everything else they could think of to offer an excuse for why what happened happened. That's right. Jesus approaches this man. And says, do you want to be made well? Now in the direct context of this, of this narrative, we know that Jesus is talking about physical healing. But again, in the broader sense, Jesus was asking, are you ready to leave the past behind and move into something new? Sure, you've been this way for a long time, but are you ready to function in a fuller capacity of who you've been created to be? Are you ready to move forward? It's a yes or no question. 
So Jesus asks the question, and this man never answers Jesus' question directly. He immediately begins to give an excuse. He says, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Oh, where did Gabby go? We, we need her here again to play a, a sad song. I'm not, the man says, I'm not able. And if you've ever offered the excuse that you're not able, well, of course you're not. Nothing profitable will ever be done for the kingdom because you're able. Jesus, uh, the word of the Lord says, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You will only be able to do things as you rely on the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. The man says, I don't have any friends. And maybe you've said, you don't have any friends. I don't have any friends. Well, can I tell you something? They could, they could have been a multitude there, and they couldn't do it for him had they been present. He said, my opportunities are limited. I'm always late. Now, do you think for a minute that this man didn't want to be healed? Sure, he wanted to be healed. For 38 years, he's laid by this pool dreaming about the day he could walk again. There was not a bone in his body that didn't want to be healed. There was no part of him that, that wanted to be stuck in that position. It wasn't expressed outwardly, but I'm sure that on the inside, this man must have been screaming, of course I want to be made well. Are you kidding me? Do you think I like laying here like this? Can I tell you something this morning? Listen to me real close. We don't always have to like where we are in order to make an excuse for where we are. You don't always have to love your situation to feel compelled to give a defense of your situation. I've got a word here for somebody and I need your undivided attention and if you don't hear anything else I've said today or anything else after, I want you to hear what I'm about to say in the next 10 minutes. I want to offer a couple of reasons I believe that we feel compelled to offer excuses when we're challenged to move forward rather than simply answering in the affirmative and saying yes, 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 a thousand times yes. The number one reason that we sometimes feel compelled to give an excuse is that sometimes we allow our infirmity to become our identity. We sometimes allow our infirmity to become our identity. And when I, I realize that nobody wants to be sick, and I'm not speaking in the sense of physical illness today, I'm speaking in the context of things that hinder us from moving forward in our lives. We don't like it. We wish we didn't have it. We wish things were different. But oddly enough, sometimes we've lived with some things for so long, seemingly stuck in the same place, and we've learned to do life in that place. We're comfortable in that place, and we've made excuses for it. We've developed quite a defense for it. And now, it's now become so much a part of who we are that we're almost afraid to be without it. I want to say this, and, and I don't want to be harsh. And please understand there's no harshness in this. It, it breaks my heart, honestly. 
And, and I'm certainly laying blame on no person in this place today. So when we open the altars and ask people to come for prayer, by all means, don't feel hindered. Come and, and let's seek the Lord together. But I have known people in my life that carried infirmities in their lives who sought prayer and sought prayer and sought prayer yet lacked the desire truly and earnestly to be delivered from the infirmity for which they sought prayer. Because that infirmity had become so much a part of who they were. My God, if God had healed them, it would have taken every subject of, of conversation away from them. They'd have had nothing to talk about because every time they talk about anything, it sounds like the, the, the gloom and agony song from He Haw. They didn't want to be healed because the truth of the matter is more than the touch of God on their lives, they were looking for the sympathy of the saints. And they were living and thriving and feeding. I want to tell you, God doesn't want you to live in that state. Can I be real here with you for just a few minutes? Sometimes we've been the victim. People have done us wrong. People have maligned us, talked about us, stabbed us in the back. And we've been the victim, and being the victim has gotten us a lot of attention. And we've, we've really enjoyed the attention that comes along with being downtrodden to the point that we're afraid to rise up in victory. Because we know that when we begin to take our stand and say, Devil, you may have beat me yesterday. You may have beat me earlier today. But right now I'm drawing a land, line in the sand and you won't beat me again. Because I'm going to stand strong in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, people are going to start looking at you differently. People are going to start looking at you differently. They're not going to afford you the sympathies that they've afforded you in the past. They're going to look at you differently when you're no longer seated by the pool nursing your infirmity. We've been poor stewards of our blessing and we're broke. Being broke has earned us the benevolence of others to the point that we're now dependent upon others' benevolences. And we know that the moment we stand up to set our house in order, we learn how to say no to things that we don't need and we get on the path to financial freedom that the benevolences are going to cut off and we're not sure we can make it. We're afraid that that infirmity has become our identity. And the truth of the matter is we love to walk in abundance, but rather than do so, we just make jokes about being broke. We offer excuses for our poor stewardship and own an identity that says it has been this way always and always it will be. But I want to challenge you today, church, don't allow your infirmity to become your identity. Your infirmity is just a facade that the enemy is trying to convince you of and that's not really who you are because God defines who you are. God has said that you are blessed. God has said that you are prosperous. God has said that you are victorious. And I'm challenging you today to stop making excuses and rise up in the identity that God has given you and walk in the fullness of who he said you should be. Reason number two that we often offer an excuse is because we want to wait sometimes for someone else to give strength and 
to validate what God has called us to. Do you want to move forward? Well, God, I can't got no friends. I don't have a cheering section. Nobody likes me. Oh, some of you came in the house this morning. You walked through the door. The foyer's full of people. You came straight into the sanctuary. The foyer's full of people. You sat in a far-flung corner by yourself, and you have convinced yourself that nobody likes you. And you've behaved according to that facade until it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you don't mingle with the people of God. And the sick man, I want you to notice this reply here. He says, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water stirred up. Nobody's here to validate me. Nobody's here to believe in me. Nobody's here to tell me that they think I'm doing a good job. See, too many people are waiting for the stamp of approval from someone else before they can take a forward action. Let me tell you something. You don't need anybody else's approval. All you need is the call of God. All you need is the direction and the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in encouragement. I spent all Wednesday night talking to the class in there about being a Barnabas and how the value of encouraging, and it is valuable. There's going to come a point in your walk when you're going to have to quit relying on Barnabas and could become more like David. See, when they were talking about Stone and David, David said, look, I, I'm going to encourage myself here. I'm a little downtrodden. I'm a little played out right now, but I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. That's not to say there's not safety in counsel, and I'm not advocating for a Lone Ranger mentality, but, if you, but you are going to have to take responsibility for your own forward progress. Some of you have been waiting on a friend or a mentor that you think is going to speak something over your life that's going to unlock all the doors and get you moving. Maybe you're disappointed today because someone else hasn't recognized your gift. Maybe you're upset because nobody's noticed. You don't think anybody's noticed what you're capable of. And can I be honest on your friend's behalf this morning and say that they have problems of their own? No matter, no matter how much you thought they should have been thinking or thought you think they should have been given to your situation, they're probably well occupied with their own situations. But Jesus here teaches us that it's okay if we don't have a cheering squad. We can move on anyway. We can move forward. Now let me, let me hasten to add this warning here to you. As you begin to move forward and God begins to prosper your life, there's going to be some friends that you thought you had that you ain't going to have anymore. You can go ahead and get ready for it. When God begins to bless your house, when God begins to bless your life, all of a sudden some of those people that were standing around cheering, they ain't going to be cheering no more because they can only cheer as long as you're at or beneath where they are. And then the moment God begins to pour out his blessing and favor on your life, they got to go. But I got good news for you this morning. God is able to send you the people that you need for the season that you're in. Amen. Amen. For every one that leaves, he's going to send two that's going to hang with you. Amen. That's going to encourage you. That's going to coach you along. And then my third reason that we offer excuses leads me to my third point of this message, and that is this. Sometimes we make excuses simply because we don't trust God for greater things. We're afraid. We've been, maybe we've been disappointed. Things didn't turn out the way that we thought they should have in the past. 
and now we're a little bit afraid. I want to challenge you, church, to trust God for greater things. Trust God for greater things. This man, this sick man answered, said, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. You see, it's evident from this statement how this man saw his situation. This man saw his opportunities as being very limited. It was only as the waters were stirred that he could be healed. All of the pieces had to line up just right in order for things to work out for him. It was all a matter of chance to him, and, and, and he would have had to be in the right place at just the right time for things to work out the right way. You see, many of us have a predetermined view of the way that God needs to work in our lives. And it's almost sometimes like instead of going to God with a blank page and a pencil and saying, okay, Lord, I'm waiting here for you to direct my steps, I'm going to write down the order that you say. Because the word says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Rather than go to God with a blank page, we sometimes show up to God with a flow chart. And we say, God, you do this and if and then and this other thing over here. And honestly, sometimes we're so preoccupied that he didn't work according to our expectations, that we can't focus on what he has promised to do for us. He seemed to be, this man seemed to be focused more on the obstacles than on the possibilities. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're focused more on the obstacles than you are the possibilities. He thought that it had to be at this certain time with all of this certain criteria met. And Jesus didn't ask him about any of that. He didn't say, hey, when's the next scheduled troubling of the water? When's, what's our next opportunity here? I'll, I'll try to lend a hand, do what I can. No, he didn't ask any of that. He stepped into that man's life and he invited him into the impossible, the miraculous. Just said, will you be made well? Will you be made well? You want to you leave yesterday behind? You want to go forward? You want to get out of that rut? Come on, let's go. Let's go. Here sits Jesus right in front of him. And he can't see Jesus nor his power to provide for looking at the obstacles. And how many times do we, through the power of prayer, encounter the presence of the divine, but we're too busy talking over the obstacles to focus on the promise? And I love this. This is grace exemplified here. Sometimes just God can overcome all of our ignorance and shortcomings, can he? And Jesus said to him, rise. Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Took up his bed and he walked. Now, maybe, maybe you've got something in your life that's been holding you back. Jesus is here today to speak strength to that part of your life, to get you moving forward towards your destiny again, to get you motivated, to get you on the right track. Maybe you've been battling with some things a long time. You said, Pastor, I just can't seem to get off this plateau that I've been living on. I have felt inferior. I have offered excuses. I have 
failed to trust God for greater things. But I feel like today's my day. I feel like this is my moment. I want to invite you to stand all over this sanctuary today. I want you to recognize that God has created you and he's equipped you to fulfill his purpose. Stop making excuses. and Step out on faith in 2019 and trust God for greater things. Amen? Amen. Who's ready to move ahead? Who's ready to move ahead? Come on. Listen, our worship team's coming. They're going to lead us this morning. This is what we're going to do. Some of you say, Pastor, i got some giants in my pathway. I, I want to get beyond those. I've got some mountains I've been trying to scale. I, just, I can't quite seem to summit those things. But this is my time. This is my moment. This is my year. And you're ready to make declaration of that. I want to tell you that you've got what you need. God has created you fearfully and wonderfully. And he's just waiting for you to bring that creation that is in you and submit it to the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe I'm speaking with a prophetic voice right now as I say to you that this year, you're going to mount so many obstacles that have held you back. Things that have kept you behind. God said you would be the head and not the tail the lender and not the borrower. That he has a plan for you to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. It ain't going to fall in your lap, though. You're going to have to rise up and take it. Lay hold of it. Everybody that would say, Pastor, I want to go forward in 2019. By the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, I want God to touch my life and quicken me and empower me to be able to move forward out of the rut that's been holding me back. I want to grow spiritually. I want to grow in my relationships. I want to, I want to take new territory. I want to move towards my destiny. I want to grow deeper in Christ. I want to overcome obstacles that have been holding me back. If that's you in this place right now, I want you to come and join me here at this altar. And in doing so, you're serving notice on Satan and saying, I'm no longer settling for the facade that you've been offering me. I'm, I'm here today to stand up and claim my true identity as a child of God. I'm here today to stand up and walk in the fullness of what God has anointed me to do and who he has called me to be. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day.